All right, welcome in to the Alex Crawford Show. Haven't potted in a minute with this crew. Uh, Shanice, Nicole here, Scotty Fig, our producer. And we've got a lot to talk about today. We can get right into it, actually. I feel like we were prepping for the show, and uh, we didn't know what we were going to talk I just like, there was no there was no one big news story, and now I feel like we got more topics than we need. Um, we're going to talk about Cardi B on the show today. We're going to talk about NBA. Obviously, we took a lot of NBA here. We're going to talk about Super Bowl contenders, give out our Unassuming Baller Awards. But the first thing I want to talk about uh, is one of my favorite hip-hop artists, Ice Cube. He did an interview with Rolling Stone magazine here. I actually didn't. Did you know he had a new album that just came out? Not no, not the album, but I did hear the the new song about the president. I believe he did one called yeah. "Arrest the President." Yes. The whole album is like pretty political. It's, I didn't know about it, but the album's called "Everything's Corrupt," um, and I was just I literally had no idea. He's not lying. I no, mean, he's not. <laughs> doesn't it say something that we don't know about it? That Ice Cube. I mean, Ice Cube as a rapper is not as relevant as he once was. Mm -hmm. That's that's not a hot take. Mm -hmm. That's not a hot take at all. Yeah, but don't you wish that. Like, it was more known that... I mean, I wish he did more media about it. I mean, maybe, to me, now it seems like it's going to suck. Yeah, I'm, I want to give it a listen, for sure. I don't know. Where do you guys stand on Ice Cube, like, as, a, as an artist? It, you know what? Ice Cube is one of the GOATs. Like, with NWA, I, you know, I think he broke the mold with that group. And then he had a couple of hits, a couple of bangers, you know. What's the name of the song, uh, Scotty? We be clubbing. We be clubbing. Yeah. when a girl shakes up. We be podding. We be podding. I always want to say, I always want to start the podcast. I want to do a remix for that. We be podding. No, dude, Ice Cube's got a lot of bangers. Good. It was a good day. Oh, God. How can I forget about that? Uh, Even the song. What other songs? Um. Uh, now I'm blanking. Uh, he had a good one, um, How to Survive in South Central. Oh, How to Survive in South Central is really good. Mm -hmm. That plays during the credits of Boys in the Hood. And then uh, was it Jack and Beats? Oh, Jack, Jack and for Beats. Beats. I mean, those are like, those are like kind of, those are good. Those are, I mean, I love Ice Cube. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, Death Certificate, his Check album. Yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> uh, that's, you still hear that on the radio. Yeah, uh, uh, what was it? Oh, um, when you he can, was in. You can do it. Put your back and hey. do it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, with any hey. stuff with West Side <laughs> Connection, Gangsta Nation. Uh, uh, bow down. All I mean, go to church. Uh, yeah, go to church. Yeah. I mean, bro. Yeah, Ice Cube is a go. I agree, Shanice. And but and and I like. Yeah, from NWA, he wrote he wrote some of Dr. Dre's lyrics mm -hmm. back in the NWA days. Mm -hmm. He was the lyricist, and and then his acting career. Friday, next Friday, Friday after next. See, I was gonna say, I I think I respect them. Wow, that might be blasphemous. More as an actor. I mean, I, oh, like, I agree. He, he, I agree. He plays basically the same role every movie. Like, hella skeptical, like, tough dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But are I'm, we, I mean, are we there yet? Like, let's not, that's not up with, <laughs> like, I don't respect Ice Cube more as an actor. <laughs> I don't respect, I, I like him. He's uh -huh. good. I like him when he's hella young in Anaconda. He's good. You got his, uh, yeah. you got his filmography up here. Anaconda, all about the Benjamins. All about the Benjamins. I haven't seen Twenty One Jump, Jump Street. Oh, bro, those are good. He he does. He's so good. He is that same that character movie. though. You like pissed guys? off, <laughs> pissed off dude. I'm gonna give you an all time like black favorite African American movie. The Players Club is an all. time. I haven't seen that one. Oh my god, I have not. All time either. classic in the African American community. Okay, Players Club. That's uh, <laughs> I like to see. Uh, there's another. See, I don't know. I don't want to call it like a black movie, but it's uh, uh, the Wood. Have you seen oh that movie? My God. I've always, I've never yeah. seen it. I've never seen it, but it's done by John Singleton, who yes. did Boys in the Hood, uh -huh. which is Boys in the Hood is in my top five. 
favorite movies of all time. Like that movie, that's one of the few movies I almost I almost cry like when I watch it. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my god, that's so. Have you seen it, Scotty? I have not. Okay, Scotty, well, dude, what? I not. I've never that's, even heard of it. Boys, dude. Wait. And you and you say you respect Ice Cube as an actor. Ice Cube is good in Boys in the Hood, yeah. bro. So I mean, that means. I'm going to respect him even more then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I didn't come here for your Ice Cube hot takes, but all around Ice Cube, I mean, I, I, I think just discussing him right now, my respect level for him jumped up because I'm always just, I don't know, because like Ice Cube doesn't feel super relevant to me, but then I'm, I'm here thinking about what he's done, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's one of the all-time greats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not to mention his work with the big three. Which, like, Shanice, you covered the big three a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, I covered the big three. They came to Oakland, California, and they put on a complete, complete show. Yeah, how was it? it I mean, the setup was just amazing. He had DJs everywhere. The lighting was perfect. Uh, since he is such an icon, uh, all the greats were there. Like, he had ice, uh, LL Cool J was there. Um, like, any type of nostalgic basketball player you can think of. Dr. J, Gary Payton. Mm. Um I'm drawing a blank here, but all of the greats you can think of, uh, they were in the building for Ice Cube, uh, Big Three. Well, the Ice Cube, so the news story, the reason I brought up Ice Cube is because in his interview with Rolling Stone, and now I'll pull up the direct quote here, Ice Cube said that he has plans to buy, or excuse me, yeah, what was it, 22 regional sports networks. Ice Cube wants to buy, Was it? Is that the number 22? 22, yeah. Yeah, he said, Ice Cube said he wants to buy 22 regional sports networks, and he says, quote, I believe that some of the gatekeepers that's been holding the reins in sports over us for so long need to go. It's time for some new blood to produce and present sports and culture. And then he goes on to say, they, the, the interviewer asked him, well, what do you want to do differently? He said, just add some life to it. We don't want to give away the secret sauce, but we have a plan that's 10 times better than any plan out there because nobody sees this growth potential like us, period. So hmm. what does he mean by that? Like, what do you think Ice Cube means? He's not revealing what he's going to do, but regional sports networks, that's like... That's like Fox Sports Prime Ticket. That's like NBC Sports Bay Area, NBC Sports Northwest. That's like where you get your local team's, you know, mm-hmm. coverage. And I agree with Ice Cube when he says that it's been stale. When Ice Cube says <laughs> it, because it is the same thing on every network. Absolutely. It's a pregame show. It's a halftime show. It's a postgame show. It's like three dudes in suits talking about the game, and then it's like a, a female sideline reporter, mm-hmm. and then it's like uh, it, it's it's pretty cookie cutter. Right. It's pretty cookie Absolutely. cutter. So I think I agree with Ice Cube when he said it's stale, and I'm super excited to see what he's gonna do with this. Yeah, I mean, I just remember growing up always ter- like when I had the Fox Sports package, everything would have the same graphics, and even it's like to a certain extent the same kind of people. So I think he's just gonna. Um, you know, break it down and and get people from maybe those specific areas and just get get the the viewers to really or try to relate to the viewers as much as possible. Um, and just to just grow engagement, you know. Some something that uh something that I um that that you just reminded me of, Scotty, yep. is in in Portland and in the Bay Area now. They have on NBC Sports Northwest and NBC Sports Bay Area show. They have Blazers Outsiders and we have Warriors Outsiders, which is that started with Warriors Outsiders, which is like two dudes 
that are from the Bay that love the Warriors. And then on game days, and then in Portland, they do it on the days when there's not a game. Then they run this show, and it's fans in Portland. Because I tried out for the Blazers one. Uh, I didn't Ooh. get it because I think it's because I told them I was a Clippers fan. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like straight up about it. I was like, oh, you know me. I'm a Clippers fan. But you should have known not to do that. You know better than I that. I know. I know. So I didn't get the gig. But, but the fact is, is what they do is they the guys they hired, they hired um, a dude who's a stand-up comic from Portland who's a big Blazers fan. They hired the dude who runs uh, like the Blazers blog that's super popular. And then they hired another guy that was like working in radio. Um, three all under age 40 um, in this case, it was three dudes, but then in their new they, – they brought it back again this year. They hired a female who's, like, very active on Blazers Twitter, mm-hmm. and, like, there's, like, a big Bla- – like, I think, like, every team has, like, a Twitter community, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like that, like, bringing in fans to talk about – we, like I, – I do see value, and I do enjoy, like, breaking down – the stats and like, okay, why did this play, you know, breaking down the game, looking at the box score, but I can look at the box score myself. I do enjoy, if the, if the personalities are good, I like talking about like, that's why, um, inside, what is it? Inside the NBA on mm-hmm. TNT. That's yes. why that's the best one out there oh, yeah. is because of the personality. Absolutely. So I think, I think anything that, uh, that breaks the mold is good. I mean, to, to, to piggyback on what you were saying, like I Googled this guy. Um, his name is, I think this is Ryan Rappingport. Oh, Mike, you're talking about rap, Michael Rappingport. Michael, Michael yeah. Rappingport. Oh, yeah. that freaking guy. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious, dude. Yes, and he is the big three <laughs> reporter. Okay, and I didn't so, know he was the big three reporter. He's the actual reporter. He's trying to get work anywhere he can. Exactly. So I think that's something we can see from Ice Cube is, is like you say, bringing comedians on to add that add that new flavor. I think that's something different, whereas it's not straight, you know, by the book where you have to be a reporter or a journalist to know about the game of basketball. You can bring other people in, maybe you're, maybe someone's favorite rapper or someone's favorite comedian, and that can draw attention, uh, attention to the content as well. Well, we were just talking about Matt Barnes here, and I saw he... Uh he had a post the other day. I wonder if it's still up here. But it was basically someone saying, like, how much would you pay? I think he deleted the post. I can't, what? <laughs> I can't find it. But Uh-oh. someone was like, it wasn't even bad. But so he retweeted it, and someone was like, how much would you pay per month to have, like, uh, I think he said Matt Barnes, Gilbert Arenas, and Steven Jackson calling NBA games completely unfiltered, uncensored. How much would I pay? Yeah. Nothing, but I'll watch it for free. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but the concept of like uncensored behind the scenes looks at at the sport, I think, I think that's what I think. I mean, we were just talking about this before the pod, Shanice, and we talked about this before on other podcasts. The the traditional model of you know buying cable, direct TV, satellite, whatever, and watching mm-hmm. sports that way and consuming television that way is really dead. And it's all going to be on demand, and it's all going to be live streaming stuff. I mean, we're live on Twitch right now, sure. so interactive <laughs> interactive media is the future. And on demand, like paper, not pay per view or you know a la carte type things where you can pick the games and stuff, it is the future. And it's just a matter of time before the big networks or whatever, I guess, catch up. So to hear that Ice Cube, a guy who's uh, an innovative thinker in his own way, mm-hmm, is is, is is doing this, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I mean. I I would probably pay up to twenty dollars a month for to, that to for see that. Matt, to see Matt and the thing is though, I think it's gonna the they're gonna be so good that there's gonna be viral clips on that on Instagram and yeah. stuff. So maybe that would the de- de- you know it would make people not pay for the feature just because it's gonna be everywhere. Um, but I mean, I would pay for that. So <laughs> like to get away from all the stall like right. the stale. Com- like commentators who kind of grew up on this old-fashioned kind of way to do it, 
Um, man, yeah, th- that's gonna be hot. He, I mean, he knows what he's gonna, he's doing. Like, he's in it for the money for the most part, Absolutely, and he yeah. loves basketball. So, he, I mean, those two things go hand in hand. It's gonna be r- really, really good, really good. I mean, is is there a line that he that he you know can't cross? Is it? What like if like if you're talking about like if Matt Barnes was doing like uh commentating on a game? Right. I mean, how far could Matt Barnes take it? Take yeah. It? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the line is. Like, cause there, <laughs> there. I mean, I guess there's a line, right? But like, I guess I think I think a reason with that particular crew, Matt Barnes and Gilbert Arenas and whatever, ha- what have you, um, like people wouldn't want to watch that because of their like reminiscing and like mm-hmm. maybe the revealing of stories or old old tales of the NBA. But I real I so I yeah when people say, I have heard people be like oh bro you couldn't put a price on that I'd pay like a million bucks like, okay <laughs> obviously that's not true I think though if that was an option people would subscribe and I do believe Scotty like you said I mean I love classic sportscasters like I like Ralph Lawler the Clippers play by play guy who's been doing it for forty years yep. he's retiring at the at the end of this year. Uh, and you know Chick Hearn was obviously one of the classic, most legendary yeah, sports announcers of all time. Just to talk about the two LA basketball announcers, but beyond that, and and I just I think that the younger generation, and I think the way that we consume sports now is changing so much that that I'm really curious. I don't have the answer beyond the fact that I think it's going to be interactive. Like I think that um, like like I said before, we're being live streamed right now on Twitch. And I don't know who's watching right now, but there is the feature on this, obviously, to chat with us and to interact. And we're we're not necessarily commentating on a game, but I think, but that that is Twitch offers that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Twitch offers um, like you could co-stream a G League game, which is what originally we were going to be doing and still hoping to be doing. Oh, but yeah. you could co-stream an NBA G League game, so you can show that stream on your Twitch channel, and it could be us three commentating on it. And what's to say that a 15-year-old kid that wants to watch uh, a game isn't going to click on that? Like, why would he – who's going who's gonna to buy cable, you know, f- mm-hmm. 10 years from now, five years from now? It, it's going to be on Twitch, and maybe you pay for that, but I, uh, that's the future. You know, is the interactive the, – the commentators, in, the interactive sportscasting. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm kind of stumbling over my words because I, exact- <laughs> I don't exactly know, like, what it's going to be, but I yeah. know that the live stream and the interaction, the interactive – Part of it is is the next is the new wave. I'm, I, you know what, guys, I'm I'm wondering if if that could possibly take away um, from you know kids or even young folk who are aspiring aspiring to be journalists or reporters taking this route. Would that? I had the same thought. Yeah. Because I want to be. I mean, something that I really enjoy doing that I would say I'm good at is play-by-play announcing. Mm-hmm. I did it in college for the radio station. I was doing it for high school games up in Portland. I have, like, my reel. I was really excited about this opportunity with Twitch TV and the NBA G League because we were going to be co-streaming Aqua Caliente Clippers and South Bay Lakers games for the G League and getting those reps and, and really getting our feet wet in a new interactive medium. And so, but but I... but. I don't know if I like the interactive medium portion of it. Like, I like the traditional. I love classic announcers, but that's just me. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I represent the majority. But to your point, Shanice, like, what is going to be the the route? You know, how do you exactly. how do you as a young let's just think about like a young male or female high schooler mm-hmm. that decides they want to be a sportscaster mm-hmm. and they're fifteen or sixteen right now. And as we see that changing, I mean, it's already it's already like 
hard to, you know, there's only so many sports casting jobs. Absolutely. And in some ways, people might say, oh, well, now there's more opportunity. But if it's less traditional, yeah, I don't know what that does to the profession. I don't know mm -hmm. what that does to the way that we consume sports media and, like, the way that people get involved in it. Because a nice thing, I mean, classically, you, you have a level of, like, journalistic integrity. Yes. <laughs> and you might watch Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, and Gilbert Arenas for the comedy and the in and the interesting perspective mm -hmm. and the old stories and the vulgarities like you know those guys are all those guys were all some of the biggest characters and in some way like I don't want to say gangsters but like tough guys in the NBA right. kind of you know of their era um but they're there you're not watching that for jur journalism no you're not <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah no I'm curious about that too like I don't know what what do you think Shanice is someone who uh who, who I guess you know, you're studying broadcasting right, right now, it, right? You know, it's, it's a split because you, I mean, you want to, like for me, when I got my start at, at Post News Group, I really enjoyed actually going to the game and covering the game and writing about the game. I feel like that's how you become a better reporter and understanding and having notes and, and taking it to your publisher and getting it edited and going through that whole process, it, uh, process, process of it all. Um, but then you have, you know, different routes like this where you can come on and we're on Twitch and we're doing um, the podcast. Um, this is my train of thought here. <laughs> I'm feeling brain yeah. dead today, yeah. too, by the so way, if you were on, wondering. On the podcast. And, and that in itself could possibly put us in a position to do what we ultimately want to do versus going the traditional route. Since social media and streaming is so huge now. Yeah, I, I think I think you know just the traditional route is just gonna change. Um, there's a, gonna be a new tradition tradi traditional route, especially with everyone's um, attention span just getting mm -hmm. shorter and shorter mm -hmm. and shorter. You know, people in high school nowadays. I don't know if any any high schooler right now it has come, you know, has fallen in love with a certain announcer. You know, and like the the classic storytelling, like in baseball, you know. Yeah, no, I don't know either. I I'm curious about that too. I don't know, like, like I said, I love, I love like certain classic announcers, and I and I, they add something to the game. I don't know if that's still a thing. <laughs> I don't, and I don't want to sound dumb or like out of touch with the youth, but I really have no idea because the I I just know so many kids our age and younger are just consuming their media on Twitch. On YouTube, like Shanice earlier, we were talking. I was like, "Oh, what shows do you watch?" She's like, I don't really watch shows, but I watch. I have YouTubers yeah. I watch, and so I'm almost old-fashioned in the way that I I'm I still watch some shows, and I don't even watch that many shows to be honest. But I still watch some shows, and I don't have like a favorite YouTuber. But that's that's pretty damn common. I know Scotty, you're a big you're a big YouTube guy. Yeah, I mean, um, there's I mean, there's a reason why. Um, YouTube has gotten so big, like it has, and why those like those like superstars, basically you could call them, are so rich because there's so many subscribers, there's so many eyeballs on their content, um, and it's a quick five minute, ten minute video. Exactly. It's it's not a twenty minute Netflix episode, even though that's really popular. But YouTube is just more it's more easily consumable, you know. No, totally. So I mean, I don't have like the. I don't have the answer to all these questions. I just I am excited to see what Ice Cube does with the with the 22 <laughs> Sports Networks. I am ex like because uh, I agree. Like as much as I as much as I'm sitting here and saying, oh, I'm afraid, 
I'm not, not afraid, but I'm uncertain of what the future looks like. And are we going to see a loss of journalistic integrity mm -hmm. in sports? And is it going to be more just like fans live streaming? I think we'll see more of that. But I also agree with Ice Cube and you know other people's points that region that I guess m sports media on television in a lot of ways has gotten stale. I agree with that a hundred percent. And I, you know what else? Something else about Ice Cube. I just think he he's the perfect person to to do this. I mean. He's so diverse. Like his code switching, <laughs> his code switch is is super, super amazing to watch. Like I'm looking at his movies right now. He has your traditional African American movies, and then he has stuff like maybe Fist Fight, and then oh yeah, that's right. that comedy that he did with the dude from uh, uh, Always Sunny. Yeah, then you have something with Triple X with with uh, what's his name? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. I am Groot. Right? And Three Kings, right? And then also, what else? Um, beauty Shop. Right? Beauty Shop, Barbershop. Yep, content for women. So. No, I agree. Ice Cube is diverse. I mean, not to mention just the form uh, of media that he, you know, movies, music. He's super entrepreneurial. Now he's got the big three sports. He's always been a, a, a sports fan. Um, and so, no, I, I think Ice Cube is the perfect guy, too, because you need – I think, like, Ice Cube has a – Ice Cube is an old head with a good understanding of like what is cool. Like Ice Cube's That's, always had yeah, his fingertip on on like the pulse of what is cool. He's always been um, pretty politically motivated uh, in terms of like his his rap and the things he creates and what he talks about. So I think overall, I'm psyched to see it. Like I'm really pumped to see what Ice Cube <laughs> can do. I I have no I have no hot takes around this other than just like being stoked on it. And I don't I really I'm so curious to see what the next ten years brings in mm. terms of um, media consumption, but sports specifically, because the one reason that I had cable for the last few years is only to watch sports, just because I knew there were sports I wanted to watch, um, and in a lot of cases, I couldn't get them unless I had cable. Now that's even changing with, like, Apple TV and stuff like that, um, and I had NBA League Pass, so I wouldn't, but I couldn't watch, I lived in Portland, I couldn't watch Blazers games on NBA League Pass. You have to have, <laughs> you have to have the local market, but even yeah. in that case, the local regional sports network was beginning to offer streaming services, not for every game, but for uh, like uh, 15 games a year. So we're seeing it change in that way, which is good. Now, content wise, how's it going to change? Give me something that I, you know, give me people on TV and content that I want to watch. And it, it could be, it could be as simple as you know, remember when ABC started um, highlighting the three point line, whenever someone sh shot a three pointer, mm -hmm. it could be as simple as that. I loved it. I don't know why they took that away. Yeah. Um, so that would turn me on, but I mean, also if you look at, look at it like business wise, you know, um, like Fox, Fox sports, like media, I guess. I mean, it, and sports, the, the, the deal between like the major, um, the four major sports for, with the TV deal, the TV deals, the contracts have been increasing, you know, I think they make like 10 years, 10 year deals, like pretty often. Um, those contracts and the total value they just keep going up and up and up over like the last 50 years so for him also like business wise dude he's gonna make a lot of money yeah. oh yeah it's a great investment it's a great i mean ice cube's always been a businessman i mean yeah. and also he has his own entertainment company called cube vision so is there gonna be like a a partnership there oh yeah i mean it no. has to be a partnership on his part as well that's cool i want to 
we gotta look into that. Maybe we can get on there somehow. You know, like <laughs> Yo Ice Cube shout out. No, yeah, shout we should check that out. We should yeah, look yeah. into that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're my favorite actor of all time. See, wait, like let's whoa, whoa, no, wait. bro. Is he, the, is he your favorite? I was um, I was gonna send this clip to Ice Cube. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Who is your Who's your favorite? That's a, that's a good question. Cause I did a post today. I did a Benicio del Toro appreciation post on my Instagram. He he's one of my. I, I put him in my top three favorite actors of all time. Uh, I love Benicio del Toro. He's great. He's really good. I'm watching that show on Showtime, uh, Escape from Dana Mora, which is a prison break show. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, he's really good in it. So, my one in my top three, I have a uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay, if we're just talking like like strictly males, uh-huh. Benedict Cumberbatch is so good in everything he does. Um, I haven't bought a game or a movie on iTunes in a little in a long time. But when I watched the Imitation Game with him and and how they crack, you know, during the World War Two, I love. He did so good, and I literally bought it because I thought he did such a great job. And then also he's in he's Doctor Strange in the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So um, Benedict Cumberbatch for me. Okay. I don't. I have. I have zero strong opinion on Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I'm like very indifferent on him. I know. I know. Uh, not in a, like, I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. I'm just like super indifferent on him. I'm gonna. I need to double check to remember. This is not to double. What he looks like? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not joking. <laughs> I, I don't want to sound dumb because like I'm a I'm a film fan. Okay, but I'm not. What about uh, Michael B. Jordan? You've seen he's him. My, he's my favorite. I love uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Michael B. Jordan's great. Probably the most popular actor right now. Yeah, he's, I would say. I mean, yeah, he's a hot dude. Ladies love him. Yeah, I like <laughs> every girl I know is like, yeah. I going on Instagram. Girl I follow is like, damn, I'm trying to slide into Michael B. Jordan's DMs. My girlfriend's like, damn, Michael B. Jordan can get it. It's like, okay, all right, great, get you what? Know, I, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm different on that on that spectrum. I, I would love just to have a conversation with him. He seems super intelligent. Yeah, oh, he does. So like, that, that's your plan of attack? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good actor too. He Fruitvale Station. Yes. Do you see that? Of course. He's so really good, good in that. Shot He's in so Oakland, California. Yep, that's that's a cool movie. That's another movie that I that I cried in. That's another that's another tearjerker. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, and didn't it's not. A lot of people haven't seen it. Which, I know. You know, and it was made on a tiny. I mean, like I think a less than two million dollar budget, mm-hmm. which is really small for. Um, didn't it win? Did it win or was nominated for Academy Awards? Yeah, I th- a lot it, of it them. It didn't win. Or I, I got a lot of indie awards. Yeah, for sure. but anyway, so no, Michael B. Jordan, and then he's yeah, I like him a lot. He's he's hot right now. Yeah, it looks like Definitely. he's gonna have like three or four movies in twenty nineteen. So we're gonna we're gonna keep it talk. We're gonna keep talking about him, hearing about him. Like looking at the right. Instagram post <laughs> with the shirt off. You're so going to see a lot of that. Will he win an Oscar? Yeah. For any, like, let's say the next oh, three okay. to four years, Oscar for Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I would, I would give it within the next five years. I think he's on the on the path. He's on the path on that Denzel. Yeah. Damn. Now I got to do some uh, <laughs> some research because I'm like, has Denzel won Best Actor? I don't question. think he has. No. Um, he might have been nominated, but I don't think he has won. I'll tell you. What about or what about Samuel L. Jackson? I guess he's Oh, he's a sleeper. Is he on, on Denzel's level? Uh yeah, I would say so. I wouldn't. So no. Denzel's won Denzel's won two Academy Awards. Oh. Four. Now I got to do some research Training here. Training Day. 
Training Day was that he won that in best two th- 2001. Best actor for Training Day. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. And then he got you didn't best. Know that? I I mean I didn't know he won best actor for Training Day. Yeah, that's that's great. And then he got best supporting actor for Glory. Glory was really good. I watched that in history class. I remember that. I remember that. Training Day is like one of is a is a is a great movie too. He got nominated uh, for Malcolm X. You know what, guys? I have a conspiracy on on that. The whole Oscar and him winning. I. I'm gonna go and go ahead and say it on, on What's the, record. the conspiracy. Do it. Do um, it. <laughs> don't put me up, Scotty. Um, okay, so uh, typically when you see an African American person win an award, especially at the Oscars, it, it's it's sometimes for a role that isn't becoming. Like mm. I, I believe in Trainer Day, he was a crooked cop. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he did play Malcolm X, which was a really great story. And then he he was also in Glory, Remember the Titans. Mm. And then you have Holly Berry. She uh, won an Oscar for Monsters Ball, which oh, um, yeah. wasn't really a great film. She was an abusive mother, and she slept with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob yeah. Thornton had yeah. that infamous sex scene yeah. there. Yeah, that's all she, I know about it. Yeah, but also she played <laughs> Dorothy Dandridge. She could have won an Oscar for that. Oh. So, so I see what, so, so, so what's the theory? Just they're, like they're put in a box? Not not the box. It, I feel like it, it has to be a, a certain type of of role for them to to win. It it can't be an empowering role. Mm. I I I haven't seen it yet. I I um I think Moonlight won an Oscar. I was gonna say that's because I'm googling now Black Academy Award winners because I feel like Moonlight, but I didn't see Moonlight. I didn't I'm, gonna, see I'm gonna admit that, and I heard it was really good. I didn't see Moonlight, but I I think the the focus was to I, I think the the two males were gay, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Right. So I, I'd like to see possibly a strong African-American man in, in a great role doing positive things uh, similar to like a... Oh. Something like that. Let's do something okay. like that. Okay, yeah. so speaking of Moonlight... Okay, I got I got one I got one um, that might break your, your mold. Okay, go ahead. Jamie Foxx as Ray in Ray Charles. Oh, one. So yeah. that's a good one. That's, that's a good that's one. A po- but that's I, a good I see one. your point, though. I'm not, I'm not trying to put your point down because I see it. It's like... Why does the why does the African American actor have to play you know like why like yeah I get I get what you're saying mm-hmm. I get what you're saying uh like why yeah why couldn't why why wasn't Denzel Washington being as acclaimed for playing Malcolm X this strong you know black role mm-hmm. as as to playing you know a crooked cop although I love Training Day like I'm not gonna sit here and talk <laughs> talk on talk right. shit on Training Day because that's one of my favorite movies also and I want to I I yeah uh, I love that character that's a great character. Yeah, I mean, uh, I see here too that Morgan Freeman won for Million Dollar Baby. Um, he That's a good one. Yeah, and I, I, I don't remember his exact role, but Baby. it was definitely. Imp- I didn't see that movie, so I like I can't I can't picture him not being in an empowering role. Yeah, more Morgan Freeman. He's great. God, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's been the same age for years. Yeah, <laughs> no, straight up, straight up, for real. He has, he has been the same age for years. That's insane. You know what, Scotty? Do you have any um, like traditional Hispanic movies you like to watch? Like, I was a big fan of mm. La Bamba. Mm. I don't even know what that is, <gasps> dude. I actually haven't seen what it, but that's the movie that? about uh, Richie Valens. Richie Valens, yeah. The I think the most popular Hispanic movie is Selena. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. Oh wow! You guys are killing me tonight. Um, and it, I actually heard the other day they might um, they're making a series on Netflix. 
for Selena. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's I'm great. They're that. gonna re, you know, they're gonna find someone J Lo esque. I actually, and, uh, speaking of this conversation, I read an interesting interview with Benicio del Toro. Oh, okay. Because he was asked about, he often plays, he has played, um, stereotypical like roles for a Latino. Like in Sicario, he's mm. like a pretty ruthless killer. Um, even though like he's like a ruthless killer, and that's a movie that uh, a lot of people say, or the the Sicario sequel, I guess they're saying, kind of stereotypes Latinos in certain roles, and it's a movie about like Mexican drug cartels, but it's mostly like white actors in the leads, mm-hmm. and then the one like Latino lead is like a violent killer. So like, how does that further like that's you know maybe not the best representation, but he had. <laughs> He had, like, a very real response where he's like, I like playing these roles. Uh, like, I'm just going to keep doing them. Like, he said, basically, he was like, for me to be a Latino actor in a big role is just an achievement. And, like, if it doesn't fit your mold of what you think, like, a powerful role should be for me, that's fine. But I'm just stoked to have the role. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to keep doing, like, what I love doing. So it's kind of like a, like, it's just an interesting take. Because I think he was kind of being asked, like, hey, do, do you think you're... Um, you, you could do a better job maybe not promoting stereotypes in stuff. And he was like, I just like playing these roles. Yeah. Like, I, I like this. And yeah, so I think it definitely, uh, the perspective of the individual matters a whole bunch. So one actor that I really like a lot, too, is John Leguizamo. Oh, he's great, yeah. Um, and I don't even, he's not um, 100% Hispanic, I don't think. But he has he has this good quote about Hollywood, Lati- well, Latinos in Hollywood. Um, he said, I had, to, I had to do my own projects. It was an antidote to the system, to the to the Hollywood woodenness of all, of all of it, because I didn't want to be a drug dealer. I didn't want to be a murderer for the rest of my life. That's not me. That's not my people. So, on for him, for I think from his perspe- perspective, he also understands that he has a role, or he's a role model to people like me, mm-hmm. Latinos, la- especially Latino Americans, who um, who we don't we don't really see a lot of. Um, um, big Latino roles that are empowering, kind of, you know, like we were saying with black people. Mm-hmm. For Latino, for Latino actors, we're far behind that too, yeah. because even like in Ant Man, for example. Um, oh, I love that actor. Uh, uh, forget his name, but that the Latino actor, he's in like End of Watch, and yeah, I should know because he's I love good. Him too. Oh my god, oh uh, Michael Pena. Michael Pena, yeah, yeah, he's really good. He's so good in that, um, but. He is very, very Latino in it, like stereotypical. Like mm-hmm. you know, he was a um, jail. He he was in jail for like for theft and stuff. And um, but and he's even said too, like I don't like it, but it's what it's what's out there for me, and I got to take the opportunity. But I I think there we're we're coming to a place, especially now, where there's so much inclusion in Hollywood. It'll get better, but. Only time will tell. I mean, that's the importance of representation, right? Like, me as a white kid, like, I can turn on the TV or a movie and see a white dude, a white male in a powerful, important role, oftentimes as the hero, also as the bad guy. Also, Basically, it's like I watch that and I'm like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I can be whatever I want. And if you're not seeing that from a black actor, Latino actor, or also, you know, male versus female, whatever, like, it, it may not seem like a big deal but it is because what you see as a kid mm-hmm. you're you're you know you're subconsciously being told or reminded and that's just true across not just movies but like that's why it's important to have you know representation in 
in all in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, because like mm-hmm. what you see, like I see, I, I I wake up and I'm like I can do everything, and that's like the built-in part of white privilege. It's like if like what we were talking about, um, what were we talking about, like uh, uh female, we we're talking about females that were in coaching roles, and I think we were also talking about black black owners in mm-hmm. pro sports. And I don't think there are any majority black owners in pro sports, but no. then it's like, so it's like, it's hard, it's hard to aspire to be that as a young kid if you're not seeing yourself out there. It, yeah, it is. Um, but for me, I, I think I, I don't know. It, there it was this burning desire to seek that, to break the mold, maybe. To, to, yeah, to break the mold. And okay, so this is gonna sound super weird. Like when I was younger. There was no, uh, I need maybe a black representation. I need this, I need that. I didn't realize I needed that until I went to college, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't. Yeah, I get that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, when I went to college, I was like, oh my God, it it opened my eyes to every single, like, thing and all the possibilities. Um, so for me, it's, I think it's more so what the parents are doing in a household. Like I had a strong mother figure and, and a strong father figure and it wasn't, you know, we didn't have stereotypes. I'm a black woman, professional black woman. And that's what it was. And that's what I am. And that's what I aspire to be. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to college, I was like, Oh my God, all these beautiful black women, all these beautiful black men, this is it. Um, so I, I think we're, we're getting to a place where we're seeing, we're seeing more and more. And I, like for me, I didn't, I, I didn't see myself being anything other than a professional black woman. Mm. I don't know. So. Well, that's good. I mean, that's positive. That's the importance yeah. of family, right there, right? And having, you know, good family. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but what what's exciting for me, I guess, because um, I I love it when I love. I mean, who? I mean, of course, we all love representation, <laughs> and I think. If you don't say that, you'll get castrated. Not castrated, but you'll get you'll get murdered. <laughs> what was the word you were looking for there? I don't, I don't know. Castrated. Something that's ostracized. Ostracized. There that's we go. I think Spanish was my first language. Second language. <laughs> English is my second language. Bro. Um. Anyway, that's gonna happen a lot. Um. But what I was saying is kind of tie it back to Ice Cube. Um. With him, like with him running that many networks, I think it's gonna be awesome for everyone to feel mm-hmm, included. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I guess being an eth- you know, being a part of an ethnic minority, you do kind of feel some type of way to some degree, no matter where you live, live about not being included in, in, in the, the, the foundations of this country. Right. So, um, so when I whenever I see a uh, ethnic person, you know, get come to power, that's great. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if they're mm-hmm. Latino or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm that's not I'm also not saying that I'm anti-white. Yeah, I'm getting you know? I'm getting <laughs> heated over here, bro. <laughs> you, know, you know what you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah, but like I mean, yeah. No, I I know what you mean. 100%. Like, it, it's like like totally um you know, um white people have been have had power for hundreds of years now and now that there's so much diversity here in America I'll tell you they haven't always done the best with it. <laughs> they, they, right, right. They haven't right, always done the best right. job with like, it. And I feel like we we gave them enough time to like really get <laughs> along with the time. Yeah. White people you've had your chance. It's like white oh, people you've had but, your time. So but what's exciting too is like so Ice Cube's not gonna dominate the whole American um, you know, in terms of like the sporting like the sporting viewer, like how people are going to view their sports. 
but he has this small percentage of networks. So, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity for other huge companies mm -hmm. to really see what he's doing and be like, oh, wow, like that's working. They're having that kind of success. Let's kind of, you know, rethink our standard traditional. Um, well, 22 regional you know. sport networks, though, is a pretty good amount. I mean, that's, that is. That if you're is. thinking you're of right. if, if each regional sport. So I'm like. I'm just excited, like, the representation thing, I guess, wasn't even the first thing I thought of, and that's that's cool, and I'm just excited to shake it up, because I barely watch, like, okay, just using the Clippers, for example, I barely watch Fox Sports Prime Ticket, which is the home of the Clippers, <laughs> besides Clippers games, because there's not, it's it's just pretty routine, you know, it's like a, the pregame show, the postgame show, mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I don't watch that, I don't watch the pregame show, I like to watch the game, uh, I like to listen to the Clippers and this is an interesting thing, too, that I think we're going to see more of is, like, really hyper-specific and hyper-local content. Because I do like listening to the Clippers pregame show on the radio because I'm getting really detailed analysis mm -hmm. that I'm not going to get elsewhere. And I and on TV, I just feel like it's not the same. And I don't know. So I, anything that would mix it up for me would be cool. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the new – if Ice Cube were to take over – would the new fan base be dedicated as dedicated as the old fan base? Like the the fan base that Fox Sports has now, probably the casual white older guy that loves Fox Sports and he watches it when he comes comes home and have a beer or whatever. Are 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 they losing those fans and bringing in new ones? And are those new fans are are they going to be committed? Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. <sighs> Mike, my, my part of me thinks that they're already losing those fans. Mm. I think that because people are consuming so much stuff just on their phone mm -hmm. and not by coming home and turning on, I, I kind of feel like it's already changing, and it's less about like being the average white male who comes home, cracks a Bud Light, and turns on Fox Sports, and more so just like the way we consume media is changing. So I think that it's gonna be a win-win. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a win-win. I would be curious too because I'm curious about that because. I mean, us millennials, we're we're on the come up. Like we're yeah. already in yeah. our twenty, yeah, late we're 20s, like thirties. The buying, like people that are buying yeah, stuff, right? That they're the advertising with, like, to. The supposed money. I, I don't. Yeah, not not us, but the, <laughs> but people, but people like us. Soon. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> soon. Yeah. Ma maybe major networks don't even care that much that you know we might not we might be like abandoning your traditional viewer mm -hmm. you know for viewer programming. We're gonna do this new way. You either get with it or get lost, you know? Mm -hmm. Or there's just going to be another um, source for them to get traditional sports, to watch sports. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the main thing that people watch is the sports. Like, it's the game. They know that they got eyeballs on the game. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that there's – I don't think there's enough eyeballs on the pregame, postgame, and, like, ancillary content to worry about losing that. So I think it's only going to be a win. Like, if Ice Cube buys Fox Sports Prime ticket uh, and – and they still have the Clippers game. Like, they're not going to – people are always going to tune into that. Or if they bought – if you somehow bought Spectrum Sportsnet, right, they, people, they're always going to have the Lakers game. But then if the stuff around it gets better, that's only going to help. So I, I think it's a win-win. I'm super excited to see it. And, and it wouldn't be, like, a drastic thing. Like, it, it, it would – like, for example, they like uh, L.A., they wouldn't make it extremely like Latino or like, extremely black, <laughs> you know. Like, there's gonna be some kind of balance, and yeah, absolutely. it's just it's just gonna. I think it's gonna be a little, just a little bit more inclusive of all 
you know, minorities and stuff. And stuff. You know, it's going to be cool. I can't believe we talked about Ice Cube for like 40 minutes. We did. I, didn't, I didn't expect that <laughs> at all. Back into <laughs> we be clubbing? So, uh, yeah, let's catch our breath here. When we come back, I want to talk about NBA. I want to talk NBA news and notes. We got some stuff. Story coming out last week from Brian Winhurst about Kevin Durant and uh, Kawhi Leonard potentially being Clippers. Uh, Russell Westbrook uh, did something compared to Kobe Bryant that we'll talk about. And two Lakers players currently on the team did something that hasn't been done in a long time. So let's hit all that. Let's talk about uh, the Super Bowl. Let's talk about Shanice's love life when we come back. We'll hit all that when we come back. You're listening to the Alex Crawford Show or watching on Hong Entertainment's Twitch TV.